Welcome back, everybody, to Live Reality Games, where we are here to talk about our favorite reality show, Survivor is Back, Season 42. Is anybody as pumped as me? Woo! And this week, to recap and break down this episode, it is going to be my personal favorite series because it's my series that I won. Coco Pele reps are here, and we're going to talk smack, trash, tea, all of the above about this next episode or this episode. So if you have not watched the premiere, you will get spoiled very soon. But you know what? Honestly, it's still a great episode. So I think this time you should stick around, listen to us, and then go watch the episode later because it's going to be awesome. So with me, I am super stoked to have this dude. He's part of this community, but none of you guys know him. It's one of the cool things about him. Um, he's a winner. I don't think he wanted me to disclose this, but he's the winner of Adventure Gold Rush, which is like the sister cousin game of Adventure Coco Pele. And he's a contestant from season seven, Coco Pele. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. What's up? Hey, Kirk. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I was excited to see the premiere tonight. I was waiting for this. I know, right? Super pumped. Right on. With us as well today, I never get to talk on a podcast with this guy because we're always doing other podcasts. But on top of it, he surprised me and has some other special guests. So with me is not only the contest a contestant from season five of Coco Pele, but he's also my life partner. <laughs> and you know him as the head of LRGs. Dustin is here. And my brother and my sister-in-law. Hello. What? What's, What's up? Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be here. And not just your sister-in-law. Like, final four of Adventure Coco Pele birthday edition, I believe. So, Taylor, right there. Like, I had to vote her out. It was either me or her going and into it, but I got to the final three. So that's very true. But we have to give kudos where kudos is actually due. Where T Tyler is one of the best players ever. He got. He is a finalist, a final two player from season four, as well as being a final four player season five and then somehow getting a comeback return in a redemption twist in season six i think like literally you got to do multiple things so welcome Woo! Good to see you, buddy. taylor hey. yeah so how did you guys the, how did the trio how did you guys feel about the episode uh we were super pumped after watching your cast assessment last night we were really excited to watch this episode and give our opinions too. Thanks, Benjamin. Like Snyder, glad Snyder. you're watching again, and um, glad to see you back. So, um, can't wait to see how this like all shakes down. The three of us have kind of picked our final three, just yep. like you folks picked your final three last night. So, we're excited to see who uh, takes it all. 
Okay, so this episode is called Feels Like a Roller Coaster. And like I said, if you haven't watched it, you're about to get spoiled about everything that went down. It feels like a roller coaster. This episode is 100% a roller coaster. I guarantee it. Like emotionally, I don't get emotional in Survivor. I totally got emotional in this one. But I think the second best title was Jeff Probst's quote. Now comes the smarts. Dude, now co- now comes the smarts is maybe the greatest thing since all the fixins. Is that us? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Who said? Who says that? Now comes the smarts. I mean, that was the weirdest thing to say at that point in the challenge. I was like, "Our our here comes the puzzle." <laughs> Now comes the smarts. All right. So this game started with um, basically revealing <laughs> that they're going to do season 41 again. <laughs> so that was that was kind of interesting, Jeff. I was like, oh, they're just going to reuse the twists from last season. How, how did you feel about that? You know, some of the twists were good, but the... the walking up the trail, the three people and, you know, risk your vote, you know, save your vote. I thought that got played out later in the season because everybody talked. And when you got back, it was like, it was, and there's so many twists, right? It it, it was almost like a fast and furious movie where there's just crashes and, and cars going everywhere and helicopters and rockets and all that. And it's like, no, Okay, throw some more twists in, but don't put so many that we're distracted by them. It, it's so true. That twist still makes me. I had. I was taking notes, and I have to create like a spreadsheet to understand yeah. even what is going on. But I actually liked the new twist they added, um, in the first part of the challenge. We did too, and we thought it was a great opportunity for those people to showcase their skills and just volunteer. Even if it's just the first challenge, it was basically running. Honestly, Daniel couldn't run or at least like come back to the <laughs> map correctly like the other contestants, but at least like at least he tried. You know, um, and so the first challenge of the episode, they're playing for camp reward. So it's just reward. You're playing for a pot, a machete, some flint, but Probst is like, there's not gonna be any rice. There's no, he says, there's no food source, which by the way, let's just come back to that when we talk about Tori in just a little bit, because that's really messed up. But, um, and Daniel dislocates his shoulder. That was pretty epic. But this twist, ironically, was in Coco Pele, a season that Tyler played. So, So basically what it was, is there was an initial challenge. And the players were all divided. And I think Tyler even like cheated and switched rocks with another player or something like that to like get on a different team. Yeah. You know how you draw rocks? He told me later. Like, so anyways, you guys all met at a station and had to decide something together as a group. And I think that's always a great twist to throw that in the middle of a challenge. I, I, I forget what the twist was, but I remember you guys had to like eliminate a person before you would go further in the challenge. Yeah. So, um, it's fun to see survivor trying new things. 
Yeah, it's like sure. a sub-tribe right out of the, you know, a sub-group right out of the box. You know, you got your alliance over here. You got this other secret alliance thing that you have to, you know, coordinate and then be able to play that advantage, which is it an advantage or a disadvantage at that point? Because there's, it's so long of a delay to use it, you know, and then there's it's so many facets to it. It's like, okay, it's worth the amulet thing, right? So if there's three of them, it really doesn't do much. If there's only two left, so you're trying to get them, do I try to get them out? Do I try to, you know, play with them? It's 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 like 3D chess on Star Trek. You know, it's like, oh, there's a chessboard at many levels. So Exactly. It's like they couldn't predict what the amulet, the, the advantage was going to be for sure. But I think they made the right choice. I personally think they made the right choice for taking it. The only thing was um, high, I think is how you pronounce it. Like, why did he smear the blood? Oh my God, all the blood. <laughs> are you bleeding? And it's like, are they not going to get back to camp and go, you're not cut anywhere. Where does this blood come right. from? You know? The girl and, then, and then the second comment was, you're bleeding a lot. Yeah. <laughs> are you okay? Yep. Uh, poor Lydia. She was so concerned, like Tyler was saying. Like, they're going to be so shocked. I mean, I wonder if they, like, pitched a story. Like, they had to go under something, like, in, like, a swamp thing just to get through the challenge. And that's why they were so muddy. So I, I was curious to see if that was what their story was going to be. Right. I was hoping to hear a little bit more about it, maybe you know, hear the explanation of why they had to do the certain things, you know, why they put the mud on them, why they put the blood on them, just to kind of see right. if they could get themselves pinned up and uh, kind of a corner in a sense of lies. So, yeah, they're right because they, there's no way they could coordinate all three stories. And once they merge and start getting together, it's like, wait, that's not what so-and-so said. But it, by it, that it, time, it's so far in the past. And they just took forever on that leg of the challenge to everyone was so concerned. Yeah. It was hilarious. Great twist. That was good. But then here's the advantage, right? So they all have a thing. So if they all, if they all get together, they all can use it at the same time for plus one vote. So then if one of them's gone, they can use it together for a steal a vote. That's kind of useful, to be honest. I think more useful than the first. But yes. then if two are gone, it's a complete idol. So basically it turns into the only time it's an advantage is all the way to final six, because then there would be three of them, three, and you get another vote unless you're doing a split vote situation. So really this advantage only works for the three of them as an alliance at final six, which to me is a long, long way away. <laughs> not cool not cool no. jeff no it's is it a risk or is it you know is, is it a reward or is it a risk at that point because then what you know it gets out that somebody learns oh you got an advantage but it's really not an advantage until way down the road or so many ifs it puts a bullseye on your back all the way till pretty much if you can make it to the top six then at that point if you make it to them congrats to you you have a an idol in that sense, but if not, it's kind of just like, hey, I could have something really good if we go top six. Well, that's how you play the game. Mm 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll take any advantage. I'll figure it out later, but I'm going to take all the information in and any advantage I can get and make it work. You know, yeah. we'll figure yeah. out a plan later. And that's exactly what Drea said too, a little bit later in the episode, like you have yep. those opportunities and get those advantages, even if that puts a target on your back. Thankfully in her second instance, she was able to use it as more like a luck based thing per se, but you do you have to take those chances of getting the advantages in this game because even though the game is built around your social awareness like your gameplay and your physical it's also a little bit about luck and you need those advantages on your side in those situations that you need them so taking the opportunity like drea has like drea has a huge spot in my book right now as being like up there for the players of the season for sure I think the culture of the game is, is is going where everybody's going to take every advantage that every opportunity that comes at them, right? And and that was shown tonight because everybody risked their vote, right? So they all got an advantage, but they got to have some like harsher penalties or something too, and and mix it up a little bit, you know, so that there is some pain. There's more pain. I know they have. Some of those, you know, they said, oh, if all of you don't do it, but everybody's doing it now. So it's like they, they got to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I like how Snyder talks about the medical team helping Daniel. That was almost, well, that was like almost the first tragedy of this episode. There will be multiple. Um, uh, that That's totally true. I mean, they were efficient. They came in. I like how they have a new doctor that we haven't seen before. She came in. She came with like a good bedside manner and she popped that shoulder into place. You know what was interesting? This I had this hot take last night. I don't care what anybody says, but uh, <laughs> Mar Mariah, I think that's how you say it. She looks like Stephanie LaGrosa in the face. Just take her face. It is Stephanie LaGrosa in Mariah's body. And then um, he mentions Stephanie LaGrosa popping out her shoulder in that episode. And I was like, like universes oh, collide. This is there you go. He must have been uh, thinking it too. Mar Maria. Maria is how you pronounce it. So, yeah. That was, that was a great challenge. And we see um, Ica win camp supplies. Oh, that's ironic. Oh, the triangle thing, right? It's like, yeah. How oh, many that's, times that's can you count those damn triangles? <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, they built the little pole thing. And I was really rooting for my team and everything. Um, but it was just a shocker. Even though uh, it seemed like they had a big lead, they couldn't pull it together to win that first challenge. Yeah, and it, was nice, blew it. it was nice bringing it back to <laughs> jailbreak too, an early kind of iteration of a, a survivor game. Oh, that's great. I love jailbreak. I, I love that whole build a pole challenge. It's 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 surprisingly tough. It's so much harder than you think. Um, it's also pronounced Ika. Apparently, <laughs> apparently I can't pronounce anything in season 42. Um uh, it's the life of a teacher. I pronounce names incorrectly my my whole life all the time. So there you go. Um, so at at this point, um, Zach has a confessional, and I just want to announce I was very very upset because he because he called himself a super duper fan. 
my friend Zach, I hope you watch this someday, actually, because you are incorrect. You are a super fan. Super fans watch the show. Super duper fans play the show and host the show and do the show. So, so I, unless I'm mistaken, you are just a super <laughs> fan. And your placement tonight kind of indicates that as well. So you are a super fan, Zach. Welcome to the Survivor community. Um, but you got your ass handed to you tonight. <laughs> he did. Uh, which Taylor yeah. called. She was the only one to correctly guess the elimination tonight. Yep. Good job. Um, you know, I loved the backstories of this episode just like they did last season. Uh, Jeff, do you are you a fan of these flashbacks that show real life? Tell us a little bit about these players off the island. I'm, I'm, I do. I like to know a little bit of the backstory, but it it takes away from the game that you get to see too. You know, it, it's it's so short. You know, it's like forty two minutes or something of actual action per hour. So it's like, I want to see more action. That's you know, it, it, I know a lot of people out there probably watch um, um, the Survivor from Australia, and those episodes are so long, and there's so much more content to watch out there. And I get into that. It's like you, you get to learn so much more and see so much more of the challenges, and their challenges are longer. And it's just the American television audience only sees so much. They got to cram it all in there. That's why I don't, I don't think, you know, it's, it all comes down to the editing. So it's like, how much backstory, what balance do you think? I do, I do like seeing like the behind the scenes stuff a little more. And they showed it last year, um, last season. And then like today or tonight when they're showing, you know, uh, he dislocated his shoulder and stuff and they're showing the mic packs and you're like, Oh, they are wearing microphones under their clothing. You know, are they are they micing it with a boom or is it, you know, they got mic packs underneath. So that was interesting to see. But, yeah, I do, I do like it, but I I, I want to see more action. So give me the short versions. I don't need to know a lot on the backstory. Yeah, that's that's how I feel, too. I like them short and sweet. Boom. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Um. So they bring back the the challenge um, with a little bit of a twist where they can re-earn their camp supplies. So the first challenge is irrelevant, but you can re-earn your supplies <laughs> if you solve a puzzle or this time only choose one person to do the challenge instead of um, two together, which I don't, I maybe it was too easy the first season to choose that path. I don't know, but I do, I did like Mike's strategy. I was really impressed with him at that moment to like put a kibosh and be like, Nope, I'm not doing it. Right. No target on my back, you know, but yeah, I was, I was, I thought they, one of the teams would at least get the triangle thing wrong. But, you know, once again, it's the way they edit it. It's like, oh, my God, who's on the team? You know, it's like, oh, I came up. I got the answer right away. And they're saying, I forgot who it was that said, there's no way you have the answer just glancing at this thing. And I got nine. I got ten. I'm at 30 right now, and I'm still going. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, that would be one of our personal favorites. Um, Jenny. Jenny is a huge fan in Or, like, we're huge fans of Jenny in this, like, area right now. Um, she definitely 
portrayed herself as like the puzzle person and really stepped up and kind of led that because if they hadn't, they would be without those supplies that they really needed. Because clearly there are more than 14 triangles in that puzzle. Clearly. I think Absolutely. I was super disappointed in um, responses with the triangle puzzle. I mean, you're going on a show like Survivor. I mean, that's one of the most common logical puzzles out there. And for so many of the teams to be like, oh, like 10, 14, and that's all they see. I was like really shocked that it's just such a common puzzle. So I was a little disappointed in some of the logical thinkers of the group of this season. But that's really good to keep those people into the end because you yeah. know you can beat them at a puzzle. Yep. If it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, strategy-wise. Yeah, because in the beginning, it's a lot of these boat challenges, a lot of water challenges, and then it comes down to a lot of puzzles. And to Taylor's point, three people on, I think, the Vati tribe maybe didn't, did, like, gave up. They were like, we're going to go build the challenge. And literally, I, I thought at that point that tribe was not going, going to solve it because I thought six minds are six different perspectives you have a better average to figure out the the number so uh, i thought they were going to lose well what uh, you've done group projects in college and stuff right there's some people yeah. that are just <laughs> slow you know bring down the 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 uh the curve there let's say so maybe getting some of the noise out of the conversation would be better yeah i thought that was a great thing too i agree with jeff like get those people like they have no idea where they're talking about. They see six triangles. Yeah, go go build a shelter, okay, while we finish. Right. Okay. Yeah, because we're going to have to build a shelter no matter what. So it's like, let's get going on it. Otherwise, we'll be sleeping out, you know, on the sand. So I, th I thought that was good strategy. Okay. And it was Maria, Jonathan, and Jackson. So maybe there you the go. right choice. Yes. So um, this is, at this point in the episode, I was predicting that Mike was going to be eliminated. I took that in my notes. I thought, oh, Mike is doomed. I don't know why. I think he was getting so much focus that I was like, oh, it's got to be his episode. He's got to be going home. The difference is this is a two-hour episode. So like Australian Survivor, we actually get a full kind of edit of two days as opposed to usually – you can kind of figure out who's a target at this point in an episode. This was about 840. Yeah, see, now we thought it was Mary Ann that had a target on her the entire episode. She came off like super personable at first. She got a lot of edit. She got a lot of screen time and maybe not in the, the best light per se. We see her as kind of like super fun and everything, which is endearing. Like, don't get me wrong. I love that in a person, but not from like a strategic, like strong, like survivor player mentality. So we thought Marianne was like first to go in this episode, which broke <gasps> my heart personally. So how dare you? No, <laughs> I'm thrilled by her. I wish Marianne was my student. I wish she was my best friend. I wish she was in my pocket and I could bring her out when I'm depressed. I mean, Marianne to me is the bee's knees. Like to me, she is survivor gold. She's a, she's a hot mess in, in like a, in a cute little package. She is going to laugh her way and cry her way to the end of this game. 
<laughs> that's my prediction here. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, that's who you pick. <laughs> so um about this point in the episode, it's talk about an emotional roller coaster. I really think it became that, you guys. Um, we got some backstories here that were a little bit more lengthy. Um, that's I think thankful to the two-hour episode. Um, Jackson comes out to us as somebody who um, has transitioned in their life. I found this story so I don't I, I, I don't even know the words right now. I had words earlier. It was to me it was profound. It was eye-opening. It it inspired me like the story I wanted to see Jackson go further in this game. I was I, I did thought too. there was there was strength there, this silent strength that I just I appreciated. I almost I just wanted to hear more. Like, who are you? Look, tell me your story. I was interested. Yeah, now I know why they they edited it the way they did. And it was like day one, and he, you know, he says, Oh, out here it it, you know, it makes you bare your soul. It's like it's day one, like, and you just let everything out. So now it all made sense, I think, that. He, you know, he might have thought in the back he might be going home because of that disclosure right before they went on. So I think we should just cut to the chase, even though the episode gives us a big almost hour break between these moments. Um, so Jackson has a, what sounds like they sensitively put as like a like just I don't even want to use the word addiction, but a, a regular use of lithium. Uh, that's something I actually don't know anything about. Like I, I, I know either. what it is, but I, I, I'm unfamiliar with what it does to a person. Yeah. I didn't know that either, but you know, it's like, you know, like he, and he was really open and honest about it saying, you know, this, this is what it is. Um, and everybody needs some help once in a while. And I think that's true and it shouldn't be stigmatized. And you know what, it's, it's better than not getting the help that you need, realizing that I need help to get through this. And, and from, his story, yes, but anybody would have needed some help to get through that with everything he was going through. Hmm. So good for him coming out and telling everybody because I think it is, you know, Survivor's inspirational. I know I, I shed some tears watching these, you know, backstories sometimes, and you know the transformation of people out there. It's just good stuff. Absolutely. And it's it's very reminiscent of somebody who is dear to Dustin and me, Kathy Sleckman, who also had to leave the game much, much later, like day 15 or 16 into Survivor, um, after a similar thing that had to do with medication that they they used outside of the game. And it's 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 definitely hard to watch. Uh Snyder comes in with some facts today. Um in Colanta is um, Survivor's or France's version of Survivor. So if somebody quits before the first tribal council, a Joker is brought into the game, which is a completely new contestant to replace them. I actually wondered if they were going to do this for a hot second. Yeah, well, I I, I wondered that too, and you know, I, I think kudos to Survivor for letting you know him play for the two days. You know, I mean, because, you know, they've replaced people last second and flown them in. Say, I got the call and I had to fly out that day. And, you know, 24 hours ago I was here and now I'm on Survivor. I had no idea. So at least they let him go in, play the two days, get that experience. And, you know, he can always have that. So, you know, they could easily plug somebody in still. But 
not, I guess not now after they did the tribal. Now I'm wondering if this is going to be a setup for like the next season of Jackson. Like, are we going to see Jackson like next season? Maybe um, yeah. wean themselves off like that medication and whatnot and see them come back. But at the same time, like this current season, like took up a spot. Like there are so many people that apply for survivor and like, the fact that Jackson waited so long to disclose that is just, I don't know, a little bit disappointing for the folks that, you know, tried out right behind Jackson, you know? So. And that's kind of what I was saying too. I was, uh, I was kind of upset with the fact that, you know, 24 hours, you know, now they're about to go into it. If 24 hours ago and he goes, Oh, by the way, you know, I've been on this medication for so long that I need to take and if I don't take it this 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 happens well it's like okay now do we let him play do we not let him play at that point they could have I think they should have just taken him out and tried to replace him or just not had anybody in his place at all and then that leads us to like the next immunity challenge like that immunity challenge was built for six people like mm -hmm. we see teams of five struggle like these people put in a, a huge amount of effort because they're missing that one person. Um, so uh, even though they got to sit somebody out of the challenge, but it just exerted so much energy from the tribes that had to put five people through the challenge because that challenge was obviously clearly built for six people. Like we see them struggling so much. That's a great point. Yeah. Moving that boat and the three chests and everything to get it up there. It's like, that's, they were all struggling. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I thought they could have taken out one of the treasure chests there. I just thought this is, this is so, so difficult. I wrote the same thing. And what's funny is yeah. um, I was watching this with Nick here and and Nick's only watched like a handful of Survivor seasons, but they they show the puzzle, the dragon puzzle, and Nick literally goes, "We've done that before." <laughs> like snotty, like we've done this. I've already seen this episode. <laughs> I was like, uh, me too." I wrote down, "Oh my gosh, they started in the water and they went to the beach. They did it again, <laughs> Survivor." <laughs> like I I know it's it's interesting but then here's my other hot take guys there's that other survival show what what's the name of it it's coming out on CBS it has like oh with the celebrities celebrities yeah. yeah what what's what's that show called I don't living know. on the living on the edge um yeah on the cusp of glory I uh, thought it was another bear grills thing or something with <laughs> groups of people now I don't know all right, Snyder, let's give him some publicity. It's called Beyond the Edge. I like living on the edge a lot better, yes. by the way, because they can do the Aerosmith. <laughs> okay, anyways, so uh, so they show a clip of it, and it's like the, their survivors, whatever they're going to call them, they're in like a floaty boat. Did you see the boat they were in in the, the commercial? Okay, anyways, they're on one of those like raft boats that are like inflatable. Yeah. And then it cuts to survivor boats, oak, deep in the water, like like heavy. <laughs> like you're telling me these celebrities are playing survivor. You have got to be kidding me. The boat was literally made out of the trunks of trees on that were indigenously grown on this island and weigh a thousand pounds. 
the boat they're carrying literally is like 10 times the weight of the boat on beyond the edge so yeah i don't i don't i that's that's my hot take tonight everybody thank you I, i'm 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 done <laughs> Um, I really liked, speaking of that challenge, how the Blue Tribe broke up the last part of the challenge. Like, um, you could have opened more than one chest at a time to try to solve it. So the fact that they were in last place, they tried something new, a different strategy to try to circumvent their, like, behindness, I guess you could say. So they tried, and I give them props for that. But, of course, it didn't work out. But good try. <laughs> Good try. Did yeah. You, good did you all see those belly flops? In the which which belly at, in the sand at, when they were running? No, or no, no. At the start of that challenge, when they first had to they had to jump off the platform into the water just to get to the boat. Oh man, I thought there was only one person that can dive in this entire game. <laughs> well, just Jonathan, I think Taylor, like Taylor, yeah. called out Jonathan for being a mad like challenge beast, right? Yeah, I mean, he did the first, he signed up for the first run, which, awesome. And then, I mean, he was diving in the water, jumping, untying things. I was pretty impressed with him physically for the challenges. He carried a whole treasure chest by himself, which we clearly saw two yeah. people do, so. I I was impressed he saw nine triangles. <laughs> <laughs> he's, more, he's more athletically built than, you know. That's why they yeah. sent him, but, yeah. To build the tribe. You saw the same amount yeah. of abs he has. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't even on the swim team. Maybe I'm just uber uber critical, Snyder. I I thought they were kind of flappy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, there was definitely oh. what was it? The blue team. I want to say it was uh, Rocks Roy or something. When he went to go put one of the uh, chests into the boat, and he just fell like face first right into the water. I was like, yeah, that's a good start. I was like, that's a good yeah. way to get about it. When the boat was pulling away and he's just like, like oh, the boat Yeah, was somebody was holding like, on hey. to the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, yeah, so this is where Jenny gets to show off her smarts again. She gets to the puzzle, and this is literally where Jeff Probst is like, now comes the smarts. And I was like, um, strange. Hey. Really, okay, we're going to call out the purple edit here. Who's Omar? Because really, even Jeff made something. And Jenny puts the last piece of the puzzle, or Jenny's almost done with the puzzle. Nothing about Omar being on the puzzle. Like, this is all Jenny here. Oh, Omar, really? Omar was so loud in the, the Entertainment Weekly like uh interviews i had to watch those for the cast assessment and he was like constantly talking about things like i want to be a villain i want to play like a villain we did not see any of that at all there i don't think omar we didn't see anything there's no villain there's no hero there's nothing like what do you have and really that's the one person like maybe chanel got a little bit like of a smaller edit too, but like Omar is the one person like he had one opening line about exotic pets or something. That was it. So Suki um. is like, um, isn't it like that those game shows where you're, you're running over obstacle courses? I think that's what it Not is. Not my wheelhouse. 
Um, you guys, we missed, a, we actually skipped over, I thought, a really poignant moment that happened right after Jackson's. Um, this was, oh, let me find my notes. This was Daniel's backstory. This was lengthy, had a lot of pictures, told us about his battle with leukemia as a, as a younger person. Um, and he looks great now. Uh, I mean, he, besides dislocating his shoulder and getting right back into the game. But I mean, I, it, I mean, it's clearly, I mean, we literally see his life like overcoming stuff. We already saw it in episode one, like physically. So, so I don't know. I got some hope for him as well. I think so too. I think he might have some traction going forward, you know, with the backstory. And he was so, he was so happy that people weren't, you know, putting a target on his back for, Oh, he's got a weak shoulder and all that. And they were really supportive of him. So I think that was good. He's and, still not making my team. So it's okay. oh. <laughs> he's going to get voted out. I mean, clearly like he's, unless he has idols, I don't like, I don't know. Doesn't he come across as like the smart guy? Like not like here comes the smarts. Like, I feel like Daniel, like, I feel like he's smarter than me. Like, do you, I don't know, but, um, I love, I, the one thing Wait, I, I love about Daniel, we that. no, we're not from this. I don't, I don't know no? what you're watching her. No, no. I feel like it. I really do. I will so, say, I, I think he got mad props though, when he dislocated his shoulder and it popped it right back in. He's like, all right, let's go. I think he got mad props from the rest of his team. Um, so that was a good little ego boost for Daniel at the beginning, I think. Absolutely. I always love a survivor that in their confessionals plays out to the oh. audience. And Marianne and Daniel both reached out to kids that are weird or going through stuff. And as a teacher and as a, a fellow weirdo, I adore both of them. I It made it... It made an impact to me, and I just thought about all my weirdo kids that I've had throughout the ages that have wanted something different, greater in their life, an adventure of some kind. And I just thought, yeah, they, they would see themselves in you. So, yeah, I love, I love a great story in a confessional, and I felt like the two of them can deliver. As long as it's short and sweet. <laughs> I am going to defend them till the end. All right. Um, let's see. What happens? Well, well I when Jeff Probst comes to your beach, it's like the Grim Reaper coming. It's like there's nothing good when he comes. And that's what I said, no. too. I was like, uh-oh, you do not want Jeff to show up at no. all. That was no. the first thing he said no. as it was happening. He goes, you do not want him to approach the beach. All right, does Jeff Probst look like a mall walker, though, with his shorts and his white, like, New Balance shoes and, like, no-show socks? I, I mean, put him in some sandals, something on the beach, you know? Yeah, even, like, you know, even no shoes would be great to see. Exactly. Like, yeah, something. I agree with that. I love him. He just looked like a mall walker. <laughs> <laughs> He's so I love Jeff too, but not wall, not mall walker Jeff. <laughs> I I I I love Jeff too, but I I talk smack about his outfit last season, so I can't I can't talk. Right. Right. <laughs> he's, he's great, um, and I'm digging the gray in the hair. 
for for Probst? Well, last season he just looked really sweaty and his hair was really long. I was like, "What? I don't know what's going on." I I felt uncomfortable watching him, but hopefully, <laughs> between the two seasons, forty-one and forty-two, it looks like he got a little haircut and he looks a little better. We all needed a haircut about two years ago, so it's okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So. The big twist here is, of course, they have to throw another twist in. We could have just sit here talking about the last twist, like Tyler said, and it would have been interesting to watch the players talk about that twist. But instead, we get another twist, which is picks. They, they roll on up and they're like, hey, pick somebody to go someplace. We're not telling you a thing. Of course, all of us at home know, because we watched season 41, that they're going to go to Shipwreck Island and not get any information and then have to make a choice about not having any information. And then <laughs> what's really interesting is that the three teams all take a different approach. I thought this was very revealing about the structure within the team itself. So oh, you mean the drawing straws or just somebody volunteer or? Yes. So let's take this. So Drea wins Rock, paper, scissors. So they do a game of luck that is also a competition. Like it's a it's a head-on-head game of luck duo-based thing. So there's a slight competitive streak to it. Whereas Jenny's team goes totally the fairest you can do, right? Draw straws. There's like, it's as even-keeled as possible. And then the other tribe discusses it and communicates. And I don't know if people were manipulating, but regardless, they, were, they used their words <laughs> instead. I was fascinated by this. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, why do you think they chose Marianne to go? I know. I don't know. I, I mean, she kind of volunteered. She was more like, hey, I'm up for it. And then everyone's like, well, we don't want to be alone away from our tribe. Because obviously that's like 101. You don't really right. want to leave your tribe, especially early. So everyone's like, okay, if you want to go, go. I think that's kind of how that happened with Marianne. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, funny. Started... I thought it was funnier to take away. She was like, Yeah, you know, you don't really want to be the one to go volunteer to do this sort of thing. Yet she was kind of the one to go volunteer and do that sort of thing. Yeah, you don't want to go, but I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think we see this a lot in this episode, too. Like, um, you make that one fatal mistake, and not even just a fatal mistake, you make that one mistake in Survivor. And that kind of haunts you, too. Like, we see it later in the episode with Tori. We see it with Daniel, of course, getting hurt. Like, there's one little mistake. Like, even with Jackson, you make that mistake of revealing that thing. Like, and it hurts your chance of winning or dampers your gameplay. I think we see that a lot in this episode with the one. Yeah, that first day. That first day, you don't disappear from camp by yourself. You know, you don't. Oh. Nope. Don't do it. You know, that's it was so surprising that a player like Tori would do that. Yeah, I mean, and the way because they she was saying that exactly as she was doing it, but then I think she covered her, I think she covered her bases pretty well in tribal when she goes, Hey, that's what you do, but you know, people are gonna say anything to take you know the target off of them and pick somebody else. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna sow doubt between you know the rest of the people, and it's like if it's not on me, I don't care. So they'll say anything, and I think she covered that really well. Yeah, that was a great play on her part. That really kind of I feel like kind of saved her that last second. Like, 
oh, that's kind of true. Everyone kind of gave a second thought of what they were going to do. Hey, Kirk, is is that the first time the, the dice was played? I can't remember from last year. Second. Second. Because I'm like, wait, how's this work again? I'm like, I don't <laughs> remember seeing it, but. That's what Nick said. So it happened one other time with um, Sydney during her elimination. She played it um, knowing that she was going to get um, the the votes. And it was a it was a really good strategic move on her part. But once again, the twist flopped and failed and we did not see a, a safety come out of it. But I, I don't mean fail. It's a it's a good fail safe measure. I but I have a. I actually kind of have a problem with it with like six votes because it really changes the numbers if one person decides not to vote strategically. Like three to three, three to two, two to one. I mean, those are all variables. So these people who are number crunchers can make stuff happen when there's a vote that's missing. So I, I still don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. How do you guys feel about the shot in the dark? No, I think Zach's was well, and he did his correctly. Like, obviously, he got all the votes. Now, Snyder's probably in the comments and can correct me on this, but I think if Sydney had not done her shot in the dark, I think it would have at least ended up in a tie. Like, I don't I think... think would... I think it was going to be a tie when she Sydney did that did last season. incorrectly. I think Zach took his chance he got all the votes. It was clear, like, he took his best option. Um, Sydney did not do it correctly. Zach did this one correctly. It was his best shot. Sydney had a hard opportunity to even read it to be correctly because it was more like a split vote as opposed to Zach's where it's unanimous. I see what you're saying. Um, I, I think more for Zach's then we can also kind of blame the tribe's strategy of pretending to make Tori the target when when Zach, I guess he clearly knew Tori was not the target. I feel like Zach. I think that came down to. Sorry. I think that was editing again. You know, I mean, that's the way they, they want to show it. But I think he obviously knew more than we did since he was there and, and knew all the votes were coming to him. Cause that was a surprise to me. I'm like, why are you playing shot in the dark so early? But he knew. That's how I felt too. I really thought that Tori was going to be the first person to go. I really put my money on that, just considering how you said like editing went. It kind of seemed like everyone was going to try to pin up against Tori and get her out of there. But then, like you said, like then Zach played that, and I was like, "Whoa, why is he doing that?" I felt the same exact vote as you did. I didn't really understand until I was like, "Oh, I guess maybe we didn't get the full information." So I kind of saw the opposite, where in my opinion, the editing. I was like, Zach's going to get voted out. And he has like a defeatist attitude. Um, when Tori and Drea were carrying the chest, they're like, get out of my way. Like, Zach, you're not doing anything type of attitude. Then, then Zach was like, Tori, it's between you and me. They're clearly voting for us. So more defeatist attitude there. So in my opinion, the editing made him look kind of like he had given up and or was going to get voted out. So. That's what I saw when I was watching. And the third person up for the vote, I thought, was Roxroy. Like, we see him at taking lead of, like, the camp building. We see him make a few comments during the challenge. Like, not everyone's putting their full effort into it. And we even see his name get brought up by Drea and Tori at the start when they first lose the challenge. So I thought the votes were going towards Roxroy, which obviously clearly switched to a Zach slash Tori kind of situation. 
Yeah, I thought that I thought that too when they were, you know, going into his backstory a little bit, how he was getting frustrated with all the younger people on the tribe and he's a stay-at-home dad and everyone's looking to him. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's going to go. But it's like, why would they vote, you know, somebody with some strength this early out? Because that tribe other than him is really undersized. Very, very undersized. So true. Um, I I was kind of impressed with Swatty's gameplay too. Um, I was – I. I liked last night in the cast assessment, I got the vibe that a lot of people thought she was going to be an early boot. So at when this tribe was going to tribal council, I was like, oh no. But I actually had the sense Zach was going to go home early from his early interviews because he talked, he focused so much on being so great at speech and debate and thought that that was going to win him the game. And I felt like, yeah, that's, that's one component that comes like at the very end of the game. I don't know if that gets you there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a good tool to have at the end, but you got to get to the end. Yeah. I just feel like you have to be a little bit just more authentic. And if you're like us, if you're debating people, you're, you're, I don't know, you're presenting, you're, you're, you're being contentious. You're. Well, I, yeah. In a debate, you're on two different sides. You don't want to be on two different sides. You want to be on the same side. Yeah. And if you're giving a speech, I'm like on the stage and you're in the audience. So I feel like all of that stuff is not great for Survivor. No. He's the one that said, how, how are you feeling right today? When, when you want to build an alliance, he goes, how are you feeling? And he's oh, like, those yeah. are the words you want to hear. You want to hear those words. And it's like, uh, yeah, how are you feeling as he's walking out? I wanted a thought bubble, like pop-up video, you know, with a thought bubble. How are you feeling? VH1 pop-up video meets Survivor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anybody who knows that is old. So <laughs> do they still make that? Is that even a thing? Is VH1 even a thing? I I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -huh. uh, no. We need we need some Gen Gen Z around to to tell us. Are you what generation are you guys, Taylor and Tyler? Are you Gen Zs? What's it, what is it? I think I'm like right on the cusp, depending on which site you're uh, going by. I'm a millennial. Yeah, I'm right All right. Um. Okay. So Zach is unanimously voted out. Boop, 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 boop. Gone, shot in the dark, used. Now, here's a question I have. So next round, do they refill the bag to put six parchments in there? Like, does that happen every round for shot in the dark? Is it always one out of six or is it one out of five now? You know, Jeff I thought that it was one out of six chance to get it. So I think yeah. every time they draw. I think it's a dice. It's like rolling a die. There's six sides and only one side. I thought that was how it was. Yeah. Poor Zach. He's out. <laughs> hey, so here's my question to you. Jeff, who is the MVP of this episode? Who is the most valuable player in your opinion? Oh, my God. Way to ask me that because I'm still trying to learn everybody's names. Oh you know, wait! I have a perfect little. Uh, I I'm, I got it on another screen here too. So oh, okay, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Marianne. I think she was the most interesting this episode. Um, besides Jackson, Jackson's gone. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to do Jackson since he's gone. But I, I was. I liked Marianne. I liked hearing her story. Really. So, same question to Dustin, Taylor, and Tyler. Who do you? Who would you call MVP of this episode? I'm going to say Drea. She took good advantage from her advantages. She also took some time to build some good alliances. Like we didn't see a ton. And of course we don't see a ton of like the winning tribes building alliances, but we definitely see her making some leeway with her team and um, getting her footing. So I'm going to say Drea. I'm torn. I mean, I thought Jenny did a really, really good job just with, you know, just casting the vote to protect her vote. Not just that, but just doing really, really well in the puzzle. But even though Jonathan didn't do well in the puzzle, I thought he performed really, really well in the first couple events. He really kind of took the team on his shoulders and, you know, between lifting the chest, lifting the boats, do all the swimming, kind of volunteering to do all the hard labor stuff. He was kind of the one to go out and be like, I'm going to do it. And I know that's what I'm good at. I'm going to go do it. So he kind of stole the show for me at the beginning of the show. So I think Jonathan would take my vote. Uh, I'm going to go a little out of the box here. Get crazy. I'm going to say Lindsay. So um, I was pretty impressed physically uh, that she could do the challenge as well. She jumped in to do um, the second run. um, So that also gives her an advantage there. Um, I don't know. I'm really impressed with that whole team. I think the team morale of that whole team is pretty good. Um, But, yeah, Lindsay is uh, up there for me after this episode. Kurt, what do you say? Ooh, so hard to say. I am actually as well, even though she's not on my team, I am as well going to give it to Jenny. I was very impressed. I thought her, with her interview, I was not impressed. I was like, how is a welder going to do great? Like, she's super smart. She's a designer. I, I, I think she is the, here comes the smarts. I think that's Jenny and, um, I was really impressed with her gameplay from start to finish this episode. Um, So next episode, I missed the preview. You guys want to fill me in? Yeah. So we see Mary Ann chopping some wood. Really, really into it. Getting portrayed crazily. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We also see, uh, I think... Tori wanting to vote Drea off, who we thought like that was going to be a great alliance in this game, and we thought they were going to be power players. And then finally, like the other team, the red team, is voting Mike off for some reason. Okay, I that's (laughs) I predicted it. That's what I thought this episode at 8.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> I wrote it down. Um, so interesting. You know, I think there's so much gameplay that can happen. I want to just quick. I, it's been on the screen for a while. This is the update well, of the And then Kurt, oh. in the preview, like Rupert comes back. Like, and he reveals a big twist. Do you oh know about the Rupert twist? In the next heard, episode? Yes, I actually heard Rupert was bringing Ty's chicken back to the island. 
and they were, gonna un- they were gonna unleash Thai's chickens on oh the tribes. God. So now there is a food source. You just have to catch it. What? Yeah, it's true. I made that up, Kirk. I'm sorry. No. What? It, Come on. Soccer. You got Jeff all excited. Ty's chicken on the as a food. You had me until you said a food source. I'm like, I, know. No, His, I, I will never Sia will never award me money because I said that. <laughs> because I'm thinking we should open up a chicken place called Ty's Chicken. But I don't know if we'd <laughs> Oh my god, at the, on that note. Oh my yeah. gosh, we need to end this. Uh, Brody has four points at the end of episode one. Rocky with three. Cam with three. Both unfortunately losing Jackson in this episode. What an unfortunate twist. Um, Nikki actually was very much a proponent of Zach. Thought Zach was going to go super deep and he is eliminated, resulting in her with three points. Interestingly enough, Cam has only one unique player on his team which is jenny who had who was two mvp mvp votes from this episode and to also clarify drea has one uh extra vote as well as um marianne if i'm correct am i correct guys on that mm-hmm. yes and jenny's vote is in fact safe and had jenny risked her vote none of them would have had their vote, which would not have impacted Drea's game at all. Um, so I'm feeling happy with Jillian, me sitting with Swatty and Marianne right now. I, You know, Marianne might be crazy next episode, but who boots the crazy person in episode two? You always wait to merge. So, uh, Jeff, <laughs> it's been fun, buddy. It was. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. I'd, I'd absolutely I'd have you on any time, buddy. Seriously. Just like all right. Dustin, good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while either. You too. And thanks everyone for coming out tonight. You know, Adventure Coco Paley is going to air at some time, but we're doing the live game here in August. So super excited to have everyone out again for another adventure. Um, here near Manistee, Michigan, where I'm at right now, doing a little bit of you know, work, meeting some businesses and whatnot to drum up a little support. And pay attention, folks, because there are clues everywhere you look. And with that, my friends, make sure you like and subscribe Live Reality Games. We're a you know, up-and-coming company, and we cover everything that's live, reality, and gaming. Thank you so much for watching us. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and see you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>